Hail and well met. It is your friend and humble narrator, Lou Brutus, rock and roll raconteur and author, and this is Thunder Underground, which would make our host the gods of Thunder Underground. Gene Simmons needs to write a song about that. For as we all know, Paul Stanley wrote God of Thunder. Welcome to episode 267 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, as always. And this week, we've got another great one. We've got Lou Brutus joining us, which is very cool. That's like something I never even really thought about happening. And it's kind of cool that it did, because that's a guy that has been doing, you know, radio and interviews and all kinds of stuff for as long as, probably as long as we've been listening to music. I think, exactly. Since yeah. the late 80s, I think. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. A really cool interview with him coming up here in just a bit, talking about his new book, his new book, his radio work, and all kinds of other stuff. So get ready for that. We've got some music as well. But first, as always, we are sponsored by MedFarm, a dispensary located right here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, at 24683 East Highway 51. They've got a huge selection. You can see everything that they've got on leafly.com. You can also hit them up on their website, medfarmok.com. That's P-H-A-R-M. Follow them on Facebook, MedFarm, and then follow them on Instagram, MedFarmOK. They're always running specials. And you can text them or call them or email them in your order. And then get in there and either pick it up curbside or go straight through their drive-thru, which is very cool. Most dispensaries don't have the drive-thru option. So you can pull right through there or you can hop in and check out the selection. And if you tell them in the text or in person that you heard about them on Thunder Underground, they'll give you a 10% off your order which is really cool. And 30% of their proceeds, almost a third of what you pay, is going to build no-kill animal shelters. So you're doing some good if you purchase from MedFarm. You purchase from any other dispensary, you're just doing yourself good. So at least MedFarm, you're doing something else. You're doing animals good as well. It's all about the critters. That's right. So yeah, get in MedFarm and tell them we sent you. DEB Concerts. Our favorite promoter right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because they brought in Saxon. And Jason was like, Saxon's never coming back to Tulsa. And then sure enough, well, they have, did. Not only did they come back to Tulsa, but they came back to the IDL Ballroom. Yes. Holy shit. To see them in that space was amazing. Yeah, it was It was uh, once in a lifetime, I think. Yeah. As it was to be able to see Lasted Line up close and to see bands like Buck Cherry, L.A. Guns, Dockin', Junkyard, Warrant, Winger, and so on. They're also getting into the arena game. Last year, they brought in Snoop Dogg and Nelly to the BOK Center. And this summer, they've got another one announced. They've got three shows coming up that are still on the books. If you follow them on their Facebook page or follow our Facebook page, we'll, of course, let you know if anything changes. But currently, June 26th, Texas Hippie Coalition is returning to Tulsa. And they will be joined by Tulsa's own Sweat and Bullets and Poster Child. And that show will be hosted by Lynn Hernandez of KMOD at the Ideal Ballroom. And then a couple weeks later, July 11th at the Ideal Ballroom, the New Metal Revival Tour is heading through. Kind of like our old Rock Never Stops tours. Right. We used to check out with the 80s rock bands. Now we've got the New Metal bands doing the same type same of thing. Same goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Edema, Flaw, Saliva, and Pyraman 5000. That's a great lineup, so... Looking forward to that at the Ideal Barm. And then just a couple, no, just two days later after that, July 13th at the BOK Center is a triple bill of 80s arena rock with Poison headlining along with Sebastian Bach, the original voice of Skid Row, and Tom Kiefer, the voice of Cinderella. Very cool. So, if, like I said, debconcerts.com to find out ticket info and to be kept up to date on any changes as well. Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Is another great sponsor. They just reopened in what phase two of the reopening of the Tulsa area. That's right. May 15th, they're back in action. So if you give them a call or an email, set up an appointment so you can get in there and talk to them about whatever you need done. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. They're mother approved. They've got a wide you know, variety of stuff they've done throughout the years. They've got 25 years of experience. So get on Facebook or Instagram to see all their work. It's all great. We're looking forward, both of us, getting in there and getting some work done. Definitely. So, yeah, give them a call, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, and tell them that Thunder Underground sent you. All right, now we got the sponsors out of the way. Should we just kick right into some music? Let's do it. Okay. 
We're keeping this in the Oklahoma vein. Why not? We've got some Stanley's Revenge who we've played on here before, but they've got a brand new single out. Yes, they do. So let's just jump right in. This is Stanley's Revenge Assault. You picked the wrong day, but anyway, I hope you're ready for it. Fall on a You picked the wrong one, let it just begun. You're not ready for a fall on a Then I'm a weapon, then I'm stepping towards you. You're not ready for a fall on a Salt, the brand new single from Stanley's Revenge out of Pryor, Oklahoma. And this is Thursday, May 22nd. And no, excuse me, May 21st. This is when Rocklahoma would have been going on in Pryor. And in Pryor. This yeah. isn't a weird thing like, oh, let's play them because they're from Pryor and Rocklahoma been going on. It's just a coincidence. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, they got this new song that just came out this past week and we're happy to play it. You know, these guys have been around, you know, we've been. Talking to him or seeing him play one way or the other and the whole time we've been doing this podcast. Right. I mean, you know, uh, we talk about when we kind of jumped into this podcast thing that one of the first shows we went to was with, you know, Severmind and Driver and Blackwater Rebellion and stuff. Uh, well, they're also one of the other first kind of bands that we that we happened upon just by, you know, Google searching and, you know, links from bands to bands to bands. And so... uh Again, you know, it's it's great to still be playing them. Yeah. And this and song fucking great. rules, so. Yeah. yeah, if you like your your heavy metal, I don't know why you wouldn't like this. Exactly. And, you know, speaking of, it's kind of, it could be thrown in with that stuff, the new wave of American heavy metal type stuff. I agree. And just recently we had on Brian Fair of Shadows Fall. And I didn't mention on the last episode that that got picked up by Blabbermouth, which was really cool. Fuck yeah. Talking about Shadows Fall returning, so. I assume if you like some Stainless Revenge, you'll probably like some Shadows Falls. Check out that interview if you missed it. Definitely. All right. Was there anything we wanted to go into? Well, I think quick? we were kind of talking about, like, the live stream stuff that's going on. Yeah. 
lately. Yeah, we always talk about that on our live stream. Yeah. That's every Thursday night, but this week it's not going to be tonight. We're going to have one tomorrow night. Right. Shifting it up a little bit, so be on the lookout for that, of course. But in the meantime, also tomorrow night, May 22nd, the Nixons are playing in the Colony, Texas, which I believe is a suburb of Dallas, I think. Yeah. Lava Cantina. And, and it's they're doing a social distancing type kind of show, right? Yeah, it's a, it's it's billed as a live stream, but it's also a social distancing yeah. thing where you can, there's two ways to attend. Yeah. It's pretty interesting because it's the first one I've kind of seen like this, the way they're doing it there, which I think the the stage that they're playing is outside. And if you want to pay to be in the area they're in, watch them actually live like you would a normal concert. They've got it set up with bike racks. You purchase a table, and I think each table was like maybe six people. Yeah, that's and right. I remember like, you telling me about this. Okay. The bike racks are like yeah. 10 feet apart. Mm-hmm. So you and your five other people can go into your little 10-foot by 10-foot sectioned off bike rack or however it is, and you're the only people that can go in there. And then there was like maybe 12 of these sections. So it's not really a whole lot of of people that can get in for that part. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the option of a drive-in thing, which has been the talk a lot. That's interesting. And the drive-in part, you're not seeing them live. You're not actually seeing them from the live view. You're seeing the live stream that everybody on Facebook is seeing, okay. but it's on a, a massive LED wall on the side of the building. Mm-hmm. And indeed, it's something that a lot of people were joking about as soon as all this came out. We're like, oh, now instead of a someone with a camera in front of me or a phone in front of me, it's going to be a freaking jacked up truck. <laughs> but the reason well, I bring that up is because the venue in the thing actually said that your vehicle won't be let in if it's if it's too big or whatever. Because <laughs> you know, for sight lines for everybody, right. it's like so. Don't bring huge trucks or whatever. So I thought that was kind of cool. Well, you know, for for me as a fan, I, that is there's. There's zero interest. Oh, me too. Yeah, I don't have any interest. I, I, I would rather just wait till we can all go to a show. Yeah. But for bands who, who you know, have, you know, livelihood depends on it um, and, you know, looking for ways to, to promote themselves and to stay active during this time, uh, I get it totally. And there's a lot of people that will partake in that. Yeah, um, I think especially at the beginning because of it's course a, it'll be a yeah. novelty thing. Yes, and and now uh, you know when you look back in history, who was one of the first bands to do? It's going to be the Nixons. Yeah, and that's great because you know they were so dormant for so many years, and then they came back, and then this happened, and and they're still kind of you know blazing a trail. Yeah. So and that's what I, I mean. We talked about that on our live stream. I really hope that this garners them at least some kind of national publicity because yeah, of any any of the bands out there right they deserve it as much as anyone yes i agree i agree and speaking of we had ricky brooks from the nixons on our podcast here about a year ago yes we did so look back and check that one out that was a fun one because we've both been followers of that band since they kind of since they came out in oklahoma yeah. area and then this sunday night may 24th surviving rocklahoma every sunday night at 9 p.m central Surviving Oklahoma is a live show and a podcast that basically, as the title you know talks about, it's completely Rocklahoma centric. And since this is the weekend that Rocklahoma is supposed to happen, Adam from Surviving Oklahoma is going to record the Outlaw Devils playing a full-on set, the set that they would have played on the Roadhouse stage of Oklahoma, and then he's going to air it on Surviving Oklahoma. Nice Sunday night. Hell yeah. I'm like, that's a cool idea. You know, that's another, a great idea. Another, whether it was him or Scott Bond or Gary, whoever came up with this, you know, more power to him because it's another thing that's thinking a little bit outside the box. Exactly. And they're theming it in with what, what would have been happening. Yep. So, so look out for that one. And then another big announcement for something else cool is coming this next week. Yes. So you mentioned this because I know one of the bands on the bill is one of your favorite bands. Oh, yeah. Um, well, there's another band. It's <laughs> Wednesday, right? Yeah, Next May Wednesday, 27th. Yeah, Clutch, Crowbar, Blacktop Mojo, and Saul are going to do a live stream concert. It's nine bucks, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that goes to charity, right? Yeah, and Neil Fallon announced on their most recent YouTube thing that it was going to a couple different charities. Okay, see, I still haven't, I got to look that, I got to look at that. But yes, so that's great, and that's definitely something I'm going to check out. And it's cool because it's not, a lot of these 
live shows are like shorter sets. Yes. And kind of like the Nixons, these bands are, it's, I'm sure the set times are just like if those four bands were playing live. You know, you probably right. get a little over an hour from Clutch and, you know, 45 minutes and to an hour from Crowbar and then 30 minutes from the other two, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm definitely going to be tuning into that one. And that's a great mix of bands because you've got two of the, Two of the, the bands from the kind of stonery doom genre that's mm -hmm. been around, you know, both of them have been around for 25, 30 years, and you've got two bands that are more recent, um, bands that have had, been having some success in the rock world, so mm -hmm. very cool to see that happening. Is that everything? I think that's, I think that's it. Okay. At least that we know of right now. Yeah. But there's stuff, like we, you know, don't want to sound like a broken record, but there's stuff going on all the time from bands you love, so even if you're you missed it, just... Think of a band you love right now after this ends and then Google them or in there, you know, go into their YouTube channel or their yeah, Facebook doing something. and scroll down. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that band has done something. You know, if you're a fan of bands like Anthrax and Testament and Suicidal Tendencies, three guys from those bands have been doing videos every week. Yep. And you've got. They got different singers doing yeah. different covers or like the, the one that just came out that I haven't watched yet. Uh, they got S.O.D. with Mike Patton. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I just saw the headline, like, right before... Yeah, I mean, I know this is, you know, this is not the day that this airs. <laughs> yeah, a few days early here. But just this morning, I, I saw it pop up. I'm like, oh, okay. So... Holy shit, yeah. It's like, um, you know, I think they call it Speak Spanish or Die on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need to check that out. I'm going to check it out once, uh, once we're done here. Absolutely. Yeah, so just... Keep a lookout for all that stuff. It's an easy way to support bands and also buy some merch or something. You know, do whatever you can, even if you can't. Like, you watch those streams, put your favorite band, pull your favorite band up on Spotify or YouTube right before you go to bed and hit play and just let it run all night. Yes. <laughs> that yeah, helps. Support these guys. As dumb as that sounds, that helps these guys. Right. I'm going to make a whole queue of just the Stanley's Revenge song. <laughs> the assault or, over and over. Yeah, or like put it on fucking repeat and let it play all night. So hopefully that can help them out. You know. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Lou Brutus, very cool interview here coming up. Lou Brutus has been the host of Hard Drive now for twenty plus years. I remember listening to the Hard Drive all the time in the late nineties, mm -hmm. early two thousands. I think it came on like Sunday nights on KMOD, maybe. It's, you know, syndicated across the nation still to this day. Pretty sure you can listen online as well. But, I mean, the guy on there we talk about in this interview, you know, he's kind of the first guy to play a lot of bands that went on to become huge. Right. Like Slipknot and Avenged Sevenfold, Disturb, Hellstorm. He's got a brand new book that just came out a couple months ago called mm -hmm. Sonic Warrior, My Life as a Rock and Roll Retrobate. It's really cool because, as we talked about in this interview... It's not your conventional memoir. He kind of wrote it in ch where every chapter's just based off of a subject or a story, you know, a story, an incident that's happened to, to him in rock and roll that just kind of tells a brief history of his life and music. So, right. Yeah. So very cool. That's, I said it after we did the interview and I'm st still saying it now. I need to get a hold of this thing and read it because it sounds pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah I'd, yeah, I'd love to look at it. And he's got, he also does on Facebook a lot of, uh, he's been doing readings of it, like kind of like a virtual book tour where he'll do a reading and an answer yeah. Facebook live questions since obviously he can't get out and do an actual book tour. So get on his Facebook and follow him. He posts stuff every single day almost, whether it be about his stuff or other bands. So it's a pretty interesting Facebook page to follow. Let's get into this. Here's Lou Brutus. so good it's not an optimum situation for anyone in life uh and then you, you throw in um that i'm normally uh out and about with rock bands getting interviews and stuff and then on top of that you throw in the fact that i'm supposed to be out doing book tour appearances and stuff for my memoir uh so in in, in that respect you know it kind of sucks but 
there are other people who are going through a hell of a lot worse than I am. And at least I'm fortunate enough that I can do my work things from home. Um, I have a home studio. I've been outfitted for well over a decade. Uh, and I have, you know, dedicated backup generators. I, I got every, you know, a, a, a lot to, to take care of things if they go south. So in that respect, you know, I'm actually in really good shape. So if just having some book tour dates interrupted is the worst thing I have to deal with, then, then I'm, then I'm really, really lucky. And, and you, you're kind of uh, supplementing that with, or substituting that with, with your Facebook live readings. And uh, you know, that, that's, that's a really cool way of doing it. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, and I, I had planned in the back of my mind to do some of those things, but I figured I was going to do more traditional book appearances. And, you know, the, I, we had like the first, 10 or 20 that that had been booked and uh you know they it quickly became apparent that those were not going to happen i was able to do the first one which was for a big media convention happens in las vegas and that's just as things were starting to go crazy in the pacific northwest um and then it was soon after that that things really started to shut down um so i'm doing more of those facebook things and and people seem to really like them i'm, I'm kind of shocked Sometimes I, I sort of hop on just to do something quick, uh, like the other night, and I ended up just doing a and a for 30 or 45 minutes, and um, uh, it could have went much longer. I had to go on and do another interview uh, for something. So, uh, yeah, they're fun. I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear from you that, that they seem to come off okay. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy way. You know, I call it my virtual book tour, and for some of them I do flyers and artwork like you, you would for a regular book tour thing. Um, you know, in the middle of all this, I'm super glad not only to have my, my regular work stuff, the syndicated shows and the other things that I do, um, but to have all of this book promotion to, uh, to do it, it adds, you know, something kind of fun to the day uh, uh, at a time when uh, not a lot of people are having uh, a whole lot of fun. So uh, again, for, for everything bad going on, uh, there are, you know, some ways that I feel very, very fortunate. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, counting my blessings. Absolutely. So is the book tour something you are still going to plan to do once that's able to happen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, once the coast is clear and I, I don't know how it's going to roll out or how that's going to happen. I don't think anybody really knows at this point. My gut tells me regions of the country will open up first um depending on how well they're able to handle things and test people and you know i'm i'm no doctor so uh, you know i'm I'm not going to muse on that but uh this will end uh as other pandemics have before um and the plan always had been you know it's not like a concert tour where yeah we're going on tour for five weeks and then it's over you know the plan had always been to go out and do book tour dates for, you know, the next couple of years, you know, cause of my schedule, basically what I think will happen is, you know, go off to the Pacific Northwest and do dates for four days to a day and then fly home. And then two weeks later, go to Florida and do stuff, but, you know, it'll be regional things like that. And, uh, you know, eventually vector uh, all around the country. Uh, and, and now I'm starting to get, you know, uh, uh, press folks uh, contacting me from Europe which we're not even marketing the book there. And the, the, uh, the word of mouth is uh, uh, sort of buzzing over there, apparently, with a lot of the, the music fans and the music industry people. Um, so, so now people are requesting me to do stuff over there. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to do it. You know, I'm, I'll talk to anybody. I don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, But I'm, I'm just glad to see that the book is, uh, is resonating so much with so many people in uh in so many different places it's uh you know a bit of a shock that it's selling as well as it is it's a pleasant sh if you're gonna have shocks you may as well have my book is selling a lot better than we thought it would kind of shocks you know <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um but well, there, there you go yeah well yeah, each chapter has tells a story has a great name well, what gave you that idea as opposed to just a normal memoir just a uh, chapter one chapter two and, and that kind of thing you know it's a, it's a good question um the, the book grew out of me telling all these stories, you know, verbally, d d just in person to, you know, friends and industry people I know. Most of the time, 
you know, you're backstage at a festival and you're killing time in between interviews or going out to introduce the band or whatever. And, you know, everybody trades what I call rock and roll war stories. And, you know, I've been doing this for so long, you know, I'm, I saw my first show 44 years ago, 43 and a half years ago, something like that. Um, so, I, and I've been lucky enough to, to professionally do this at such a level that I've, I've just met a whole lot of people and have been to a lot of big famous events and, you know, crazy shit happens to anybody who, who does the same thing for 40 some odd years. Um, so I end up with a lot of good stories. So it just seemed natural to turn each story into a separate chapter, just a standalone story. Uh, cause to weave it all together, just, I, I'm not that kind of writer, you know, uh, it's, I, I don't know. I, I just wrote out the stories in a way that I would say them out loud uh, and and then sort of touched them up a little bit and, and added some background facts in the sides and stuff like that. Uh, you know, so I wrote each chapter in a, a few passes. But, uh, yeah, I wanted it. I, I just wanted people to hear my voice in their heads when they read the story, I wanted it to be like I was just standing there with them telling the story. That's how I wanted it to come across. And uh, th- th- I-, I think that's how most people seem to ingest it. So uh, so I suppose that's a good thing. Did the idea for this book become, you know, come to light recently or have you wanted to write a book for a while? No, you know, I, I you know, kind of toyed with the idea of writing a book for years and a, a number of, uh, you know, my, my people I know in the rock and roll world had been on me to, uh, you know, you got to write a book, you got to write a book, you got to put this down, you got to write this down. Uh, and that, that went on for more than 10 years. Uh, and a couple of them got pretty, pretty vocal about it. Uh, one of them, and, and I, I, you know, uh, really owe him a lot in terms of this book is Corey Taylor um, from Slipknot, Stone Sour, and, you know, all the other great things he's worked on. I've known Corey a long time, and uh, he, he's, he's always, <laughs> I've always forced him to listen to a lot of my stupid stories, but he was one of the people who, who really kind of, um, uh, uh, amidst him busting my balls like he does, uh, seriously said, listen, you got to write a fucking book. You've got at least one great book in you, with all of these stories, he goes, you've got to do it. And, and he, he's a great writer and his audio book versions of his books are, are just a hoot. And, uh, you know, finally I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll write the book. You're going to write the forward. Then he goes, oh, I'll write the fucking forward, write the fucking book. <laughs> um, and, and he, he, he stayed on me though. And just kept, where's the book? When's the book coming out? Come on, man, finish the book. Um, and, and so I did and true to his word. He, uh, you know, he wrote a very funny forward uh, that uh, that goofs on me heavily. God bless him. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he stayed on me because uh, I think without his encouragement, I, I probably never would have gotten around to finishing it or, or really tackling it in earnest. You know, since each chapter is kind of a story, were there any stories that any great stories you had that, you know, kind of got cut at the end for space or that kind of thing? Well, you know, there's, um, I already have enough chapter titles written out for a second book (laughs) and there's probably enough for a third. Uh, but certainly I think I could write a second book that would be at least as good as the first, some of the chapter titles of that. And, and these are, these are stories I, I intended on putting in the book. Uh, I, I just ran out of time. Uh, and by the way, uh, you know, <laughs> at one point, Corey came to me and said, you know, I've got the forward ready to go. Where, where's your book? Why isn't it done yet? I said, well, I want to add more stories. I want to make it longer. And he, he looked at me and said, you fucking idiot. You just write a second fucking book. What's wrong with you? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'd never thought of that before. Uh, but uh, uh, some of the chapters include the time, uh, the time Eddie Van Halen named a band after me. Uh, another one is entitled the time I turned down a private audience with Pope John Paul II to spend time with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, honest to God, true story. Uh, the time I was buried alive in a coffin for 48 hours. Uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of weird shit that's happened in my career, you know, or my so-called career. And uh, yeah, yeah, there, there's stuff on the covering the, the, uh, the Freddie Mercury tribute show. The, uh, the Berlin Wall show with Roger Waters, where he did the wall at the wall. The, uh, the actual title of that chapter is 
the time I danced on Hitler's grave with Pink Floyd. Uh, so, you know, there's all these other things. And again, I, I think there's at least one more solid book in there. And then if I'm lucky enough, if anybody cares, um, you know, if anybody's interested, I, I really want to get out a book. And, and what I thought would be my first book, I want to do a book of all the memorabilia I've saved. Because uh, in all my years of doing this, I've attended more than 3,000 live music events. And I've kept every scrap of everything, every ticket stub, every laminate, every sticky pass, every poster, set list. I, you know, my memorabilia collection is probably over 10,000 pieces. Uh, and I think they would make a really awesome book. Um, but we'll see. A book like that is pretty expensive to produce. So I don't know. Maybe we do a limited edition of them and, and just make it sort of a high-end book or something. I, I don't know. I mean, that's that would be years down the line if, if I ever get around to it. Could you say what your favorite piece of memorabilia is? You know, one thing I mentioned in the book, and I don't talk too much about the memorabilia in the book, but one thing that I, I really that really does mean something to me is um, my first ticket stub. And uh, the the uh, opening chapter of the book is entitled "The Time I Attended My First Concert and Threw Up on Carlos Sanchez." <laughs> and uh, it's what happened. I was I just turned fourteen. My older sister and her boyfriend took me to my first concert, December nineteen seventy six, Black Sabbath and Ted Nugent at Madison Square Garden. Wow. I had the flu. But I went anyway. And then at the show that night, in the excitement of the moment, I thought it would be very rock and roll of me to tilt back and drink down an entire bottle of Boone's Farm strawberry wine in one throw. Bad fucking idea. <laughs> Passed out, missed Black Sabbath, woke up after the show was over and started projectile vomiting over everyone and everything in, in the garden, including my sister's boyfriend. Um, but it was my introduction to rock and roll and it's still one of the most fun nights of my life, but the ticket stub from that night, um, that, um, you know, that, that, that's something I'm, I'm really glad that I still have. So you missed Sabbath, but did you remember seeing Nugent? Yeah. Cause I, I didn't drink the wine until, uh, after Nugent was over. And I became a big Ted Nugent fan after that for years, he was really excellent. And he had just put out his second album on Epic, the free for all album which, uh, you know, featured he and his core band of the time, which included the great Derek St. Holmes, uh, yes. who's a, a really awesome guy and a great player. Uh, and there were also, I believe, four songs on that record that were uh, sung by a guy who was just about to get super famous, Meatloaf. He did songs like Hammer Down, and I think he sang I Love You So I Told You a Lie on that record. I think there were four songs that Meatloaf, they just brought him into the studio to, to sing the songs on. Um, but Nugent had that really great run of records back then. The Ted, you know, he had been the Amboy Dukes for years. Then he, as Ted Nugent, he signed with Epic. He had Ted Nugent, Free For All, Cat Scratch Fever, uh, and then the Double Live Gonzo record. Those are all phenomenal fucking records. They're, you know, they're straight ahead, sort of hard rock records, but uh, they're fantastic. And I, I still love to pull them out now and then and listen. Yeah. Even, I mean, he's a polarizing guy, obviously, but even his newer stuff, I think, is just as good quality as ever yeah he's uh you know i mean he's entitled to his opinion on things um <laughs> i i just um you know i i don't agree with everything or a lot of what he says but you know um it's a free country you know you've got <laughs> rights to free speech so yeah. i'm at it um but uh it, it, it uh, you know whatever his political leanings would be and then he's entitled to them by the way um, you know, it does not, uh, dim my love of his, uh, his early solo records. And yeah, yeah. He's put out great songs throughout the years, but in particular that, that run of records was really, really impressive. Yeah. Well, you mentioned hard drive at the top of this interview. Is there any specific bands that you're most proud of that the show helped break? I mean, I specifically remember hearing Disturbed for the first time on hard drive way back, but is there anyone yeah. that stands out for you? Oh, there's so many. I mean, I'm proud of all the bands that I've played on the show. I think, you know, e even though a lot of, you know, most bands don't make it, um, but there have been so many phenomenal uh, bands that we've, you know, I've been able to break or, or have at least tried to break uh, through the years. You know, certainly Slipknot is, is towards the top of that list, just because I'm, I'm just such a fan of theirs. 
Disturbed, of course, uh, who you were kind enough to mention. Godsmack is another one. Papa Roach. Uh, Seven Dust. You know, these are these are all bands that, uh, you know, I gave their first national exposure to. Um, Hailstorm is another one. And, you know, I, I've, I've tried to, you know, make sure people understand. I'm not trying to take credit for any of these bands. Um, I, I think all of these bands were going to explode anyway. Uh, I, I just happened to be smart enough to hop on the train, you know, maybe before anybody else did, you know, the, the, the train was going to leave the station for those bands. You know, I, I just had to be smart enough to get on the train before everybody else did, you know, <laughs> right. it more luck than anything, I suppose. Of all the bands you've talked to over the years, who, who was your, uh, who was the hardest interview you ever did? You know, there are two guys that, that I, I, I've never played on hard drive or hard drive XL, but I was a fan of at, when I was a kid and I, I, I just did crappy interviews with them because of that. Um, Frank Zappa, who uh, there is a chapter on in the book entitled The Time Frank Zappa Made My Hawaiian Shirt Famous. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one Halloween, I was dressed as him for a big Zappaween party uh, that was sponsored by WMMR, where I worked at the time in Philadelphia. I convinced Frank to come in and host the Halloween party, which we dubbed Zappaween. And I dressed up as Frank from the cover of Chic Your Booty. He wanted a Hawaiian shirt to wear, so I gave him one of mine. And he, he said, oh, we're dressed as each other for Halloween. And he, he kept the shirt and wore it on album covers and magazine covers. And the shirt became kind of famous, uh, at least among Zappa fans. Um, but but my interviews with Frank just sucked. They were the worst because I was always so nervous around him. And I had a great report with him off the air. But the minute you cracked the mic with him, he just he was a tough interview. Uh <laughs> And the same thing with Warren Zevon. Uh, Warren Zevon was another guy that I just uh, worshipped the ground he walked on. I, I think he was one of the great lyricists of all time. Uh, and I had a great rapport with him off the air, but the minute you cracked the mic, he just went into this Warren Zevon, I don't answer questions mode. And I'd, I'd, I'd have like flop sweat coming down my forehead. And I'm like, look, like right before we crack the mic, so I can't shut the guy's mouth. And then the minute the mic's gone, yeah. No, <laughs> I was like Warren. You, I'm, I'm dying here, dude. Like, help me out. Oh God, I did a live interview. I did a live TV spot with him once. It was a disaster. <laughs> that should that should be another chapter. I got to add that to the list of the the, the, the time Warren Zevon made me look like a fucking douche on television. <laughs> uh, but, but then again, to his credit, to his credit, and but but again, I got along really good with the guy. I I, I, was, I, I kept in pretty good touch with him for a few years there, and then. We kind of fell out of touch. He was sort of a weird dude in a lot of ways. And if you read the biography about him by his son, that was all from Warren's notes and diaries and stuff. He was a dark, dark, dark dude. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think one of the reasons why Warren enjoyed when I was around when he played gigs, I used to drink back then and he couldn't drink anymore. I think he liked watching me drink. <laughs> I think he, I think he vicariously lived through my drinking, uh, you know, because I, I, he just would watch me drain big glasses of straight bourbon, and I think he got a real kick out. Like I think he honestly like got a laugh out of it. So, yeah, I miss him a lot. He was a, he was a legitimate genius. I think between programming hard drive and stuff on Sirius, like how when you did mandatory Metallica, like how rewarding was that to be able to delve into like one band and go really deep instead of just picking songs from random bands yeah you know when i've done single artist channels like that it's both a it's both a blessing and a curse because you know you you want to strike a balance between what's good for the diehard fans and what's good for the casual fans you know so how often do you play the well-known songs and how often do you play the super deep songs? And, you know, it's, uh, it, you try and strike a balance, you know, nobody is ever going to be taught. You can't make everybody happy. You just can't. Um, but I, I do my level best to, to strike a good, uh, balance between the two. You know, you hope that the diehard fans, you know, in the case of, you know, doing the Led Zeppelin channel, you know, yeah, they know they're going to hear Stairway to Heaven, but, you know, they're also going to hear, you know, great stuff from the band members from their own mouths. Same thing with the various incarnations of Metallica things that, you know, I've done 
other stuff with Metallica before their Facebook Live and a lot of their other big events. And, uh, you know, they're good guys. They've, they've let me hang around all these years, uh, which I am uh, deeply appreciative of. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, you, you just do the best you can. I mean, it's not brain surgery. You just try and have the music be good and the stuff between the music be good. And you try and appeal to, you know, uh, you try to appeal to fans of all different kinds of a, of an artist that that's really all it is. It's, there's no, there's no magic bullet or anything. You just try and, and do the best that you can and, and do an, an honest, cool sounding channel that reflects the artist. Well, having been someone that's been involved in FM radio for so long, do you think that, FM radio will always have a place or do you think eventually it'll fade away? Man, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. Uh, I think it is still, there are still tons of people who listen to FM radio. So uh, I I don't, you know, that's not going away anytime soon. Uh, Yeah. There's lots of other delivery methods of audio that have come along. Certainly the last several years have been extremely busy with that, but um, there is a, an ease of use and a comfort level for a whole lot of people for FM radio. There are still uh, great FM stations around the country, um, and there are still dedicated men and women who work in that area of the business. So if anybody is selling them short, uh, you know, they're doing it their own. They, they are doing it at their own peril. With this pandemic going on, uh, you know, and you being in the biz so long, uh, you know, how, how do you see it going forward in the future with extra precautions and ticket prices and, you know, maybe limited capacities and that kind of thing? Honestly, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, we could sit here and, and figure how it's going to go. And are they going to, in seated venues, are we all going to be five seats apart? Or are they going to put a grid of duct tape on the floor and everybody has to stay inside their box and then exit one road. Like who knows what they're going to do or are they just going to have to wait uh, until there's a vaccine or wait until there's, uh, you know, uh, a way of treating the more serious cases. So there's not as many fatalities. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Uh, I just hope for the sake of uh, the livelihood of the hundreds of thousands of people who depend on live music and live entertainment for their livings around the world. Uh, I hope it is much sooner rather than later. And I am somewhat cautiously optimistic about that. And I'll tell you the two reasons. And again, this is just for my totally ignorant Lou Brutus talking out of his ass about the pandemic. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, one, I don't think ever before in history have all the smart people who work in science and medicine been working on the same problem at the same time. <laughs> so that, that, that's probably going to help, right? You know, that it just yeah. stands to reason. Uh, and also, if, if you scratch a little deeper into that, normally people are very protective of their research, as, as, as they should be. I'm, I'm not knocking anybody. But it seems a lot of those walls have come tumbling down because everybody realizes that we can't hoard the information. With the, you know, all the smart people have got to share it so we can figure this out quicker. Um, the other thing that, that gives me a great deal of uh, hope is the fact that whoever figures this out is going to make a trillion, zillion, million fucking dollars yeah. as well they should. Um, so, uh, you know, there's that to put on it. And, and something else I don't bring up as much let us not forget that the men and women who work in the sciences and in medical research, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they want to get paid a money. You know, they want to make a lot of dough like anybody else does. But a lot of these people are driven by the fact they want to live in a better world. and They want to discover something on their own that makes the lives of people better or saves people's lives. And, and that, I don't know, gets brought up all the time as what really drives a lot of these men and women, but you can't put a price on that. And, and that's something else that, um, you know, I don't think all of the people who are driven in that way have been driven at the very same problem at the same time. And boy, oh boy, that, uh, that that's a great way of, of fixing a problem. So, um, 
So maybe maybe we'll get a little bit lucky. You know, we're certainly due for for our you know our luck to change. I think. Yeah. Well, final question for you. I mean, you're known as a as a rock guy, but you've interviewed and been involved with a lot of other genres. I mean, what have you found to be the most rewarding interview or just experience when you stepped outside of the rock genre? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, I I never uh, like I I know I'm mostly known for for rock and hard rock and and some metal bands and uh but i never consider myself by a genre i just you know and i refer to it in the book i i just consider myself a professional music fan you know i'm not a a rock guy or a metal guy or an anything guy i'm I'm just a music guy i like all music there there's great artists in every genre uh and i regularly listen to you know, all the rock bands that you normally think I would, but I also listen to uh, the Ink Spots, the great vocal group of the 30s and 40s. That is literally one of my favorite artists to listen to and one of the, my favorite artists to uh, chill out to. Um, you know, Lady Gaga is immensely talented. She's fucking fabulous. Uh, she's a big rock fan, too. Big Kiss fan. She may have been at that first Kiss show that I saw in 77. Uh, I, I think I was at some Kiss concerts when we were both young. Uh, at the, the the same time, although the garden is pretty big, so I don't remember seeing her. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, Ed Sheeran is uh, it, it's an amazingly amazingly talented songwriter and performer. By the way, also a super cool fucking guy. Um, big Slipknot fan, huge Slipknot fan. Uh, I always, <laughs> when I go back to say hi to him, uh, I always try and bring him autographed Slipknot or Stone Sour stuff. Now, Ed Sheeran is a terribly famous person, and he meets lots of people. <laughs> so I don't expect him to, like, remember everything about me when I see him. But whenever I walk in the room, because of the Slipknot connection, I walk in, and he, and he always goes, I remember you. You're the fucking Slipknot guy. He gets to come in right away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a good dude. And, boy, that fucking guy can play his ass off. Uh, I'd love to see uh, Ed Sheeran, by the way, uh, do a crossover thing with Corey Taylor. I think the two of them on acoustics, I'm dead serious. I think it'd be fucking insane. You got to make it happen, um, man. Hey, yeah, you've got the, yeah, you've got the you connections. Know, I've, I've mentioned it. I got to hop online one day and and uh, and uh, uh, I got to put those two guys together. Not for me to get any credit. I just want to hear what would happen. From from the you know just from a, being a fan of both those guys, I fucking lose my mind to hear the two of them uh, uh, do something together. You know um, that would be really good. Also, I would love to hear Lady Gaga cover Beth from Kiss. I think she would do an incredible job on that song. I think that would really be spectacular. So, um, so there you go. If anyone if anyone's checking this out, who's friends with Lady Gaga, please please. I ask, uh, you know, pass on my request that she cover uh, Beth from Kiss. <laughs> right All right, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out with us this evening. Thank you very, very much. And uh, just one last plug for the book. If people want to check out, uh, check it out. Uh, the full title is Sonic Warrior. My life is a rock and roll reprobate. Tales of sex, drugs, and vomiting at inopportune moments. You can get the print version of the book at your local bookstore if it's open. Uh, but if it's not, Amazon. Barnes and Noble or bookshop.org. There is, uh, of course, uh, it's available in all ebook formats, including Kindle. Uh, and there is an audiobook, which I narrate. Uh, it's uh, seven straight hours of uh, really fucked up rock and roll stories from my life. Um, and that's available via uh, Audible or um, iTunes, uh, Apple Books, like all, all of the uh, uh, audiobook formats you can get Sonic Warrior. So, uh, so pick it up, and uh, thank you very, very much for letting me talk at length about my uh, stupid life in rock and roll. There you go, Lou Brutus. A huge thank you to Tim from Adam Splitter PR, and of course, a massive thank you to Lou Brutus for taking some time out there to talk to us about all kinds of great stuff. I of mean, course. That was interesting as hell, you know? Yes, it was. All the stuff he has had going on throughout his life, and then, you know, just the stuff we are talking about there, Lady Gaga, everything. Very cool to get someone like that on here that's had a uh, a ton of experience and kind of what we're, you know, what we're doing on a really small level, you know, interviewing bands and stuff. Right. So, yeah. 
So yeah, check out Lou's book, Sonic Warrior. It's out now. Follow us Facebook so you don't miss anything going on and you can see some readings of it as well. Once again, thank you to Lou Brutus. If this is your first time listening, we really appreciate it. We've had on some decent-sized people like Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick. It's decent. Yeah, decent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had on Dave Elfson of Megadeth. We've had on Chris Broderick and James Lomenzo, both formerly of Megadeth. We've had on recently James uh, Brian Ferrer of Shadows Fall. Right. Uh, we just talked about Clutch Crowbar. We've had we've had dudes from both those bands on. Yeah, more than once. That's right. And bands from guys, guys from bands. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> like Super Joint and I Hate God, Battlecross, Sons of Texas, Seven Dust. We've had on, of course, all the '80s rock guys like Def Leppard and Guns and Roses and Warrant, yeah. Bullet Boys, Firehouse. Yeah, the list is long and grand. So. Right. Dig through all that and check it out. We've got a ton of great stuff on there. You can hear everything at soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground. You can hear it all on iTunes, Apple Music, all the great stuff that podcasts are heard, or great places that podcasts are heard. TheThunderUnderground.com is where everything is. You can hear it on or find all our social medias on there. Listen to the podcast there as well. What hey. are we forgetting? What? Hey, we made it all this time and she hadn't barked yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's at the end of the episode. Yeah. It's not important whenever we're trying to pref lead into an interview. Since we're on the out here, it's like, hey, get we're on, on the out. It's like, come go. on, come on, Izzy, yeah, grab a mic, come on in. <laughs> I think she's chasing squirrels out yeah, there. Yeah, there's or something. something. She's got something up a tree or something. <laughs> Life of a dog. Yeah. But yes, yeah, subscribe to us on YouTube at Eat Thunder Underground. We've got a lot of stuff that's separate from what we have here on the podcast music album reviews so check that out as well we've got coming up here in the next two or three weeks we've got interviews with everyone shit jim wilson stacked up right jim wilson of motor sister mother superior rollins band we've got patrick muzingo of junkyard we've got ron kill of kill sealer and ron kill band and then we've got why did I just go completely blank? I feel yeah, like yeah, I know. One there's more. one fucking more, and I cannot remember it. It's like healing the fray. That's right, healing the fray. <laughs> Jesus. Mike Ariza and Jeff Sandoval, two amazing dudes and two amazing musicians. They've got a brand new album out. We'll be talking to them here in the next couple weeks as well. That's a good one. Yeah, and we've got some other cool things scheduled, so you'll be hearing about that soon as well. Like I said, we've got our live stream tomorrow night, so don't miss it. All right, I guess that wraps it up for number 267. Thanks again to Lou Brutus, Adam Splitter PR, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, Med Farm, and DEB Concerts. And until next time. He wrote God of Thunder. Oh, and, oh yeah. And, uh, and Bob, Ezrin, who, who is, Bob Ezrin, who is producing the record, said, Oh, Paul, it's a great song. I can't wait to hear Gene sing it. And Paul said, Well, no, Bob, no, I'm, I'm the God of Thunder. And, and, and Bob Ezrin went, You're not the God of Thunder. Gene Simmons is the God of Thunder, <laughs> and he and he took the, he just took the song from Paul and gave it to Gene, and uh, you know it's become it, it's because people a lot of people don't realize Gene Simmons' signature song with Kiss is actually written by Paul Stanley. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about Kiss. Thunder Underground, y'all.